0: Okay, cool. we're down at the Grand Union Canal, and I'm here with Teo, and Taio. I know, hi, do I, Ta- uh, sorry. how do I, do I, I pronounce
1: it? it? Tai-o.
0: tai yeah. okay, yeah. tai and your surname, I know I will oh, get Oh, no, 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 no. It's Jayasimi?
1: It's Jayasimi. Jayasimi. Yeah, and which means let the world be at rest. Oh, what a great surname. <laughs>
0: This is the Travelling Through Podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and today's guest is Tayo Jayasini, who describes herself as a Londoner by birth, a Geordie lass by nurture with Nigerian spice. She is also known as the 5 to 9 traveller, because life is more than your 9 to 5. And these are her thoughts on London, the world and life. When you're not doing your 9 to
1: 5, yep. you're doing a 5 to 9 all about travel, travel adventure, and... yeah, anything that excites me i think adventure is always the word i kind of use and i think people define adventure in different ways so i just use that as an avenue to travel to do activities that i enjoy like wandering or dancing or anything really so yeah five to nine is all the other bits oh. away from work oh fantastic <laughs> yeah and it doesn't leave it very broad doesn't it it so does yeah because i think sometimes you can can be quite niched and then you get stuck in a box. That's kind of one of the things I absolutely hate, being stuck in a box of, well, you said you're this and that's what you could talk about. And I, I'd hate that. So yeah, I think adventure, I think life is just an adventure. So it just opens you up to be able to explore and go down different avenues and paths of, of things that you want to learn about.
0: Okay, and how did this all begin? I mean, did you travel much as a, as a child? Did your parents take you any places?
1: as a kid no not i didn't really travel much my parents came to the uk so you know i would be classified as a first generation british nigerian girl (laughs) i suppose Um, my parents came over i don't even know just before just before i was born yes because i was born in in london Mm -hmm. and uh i suppose when you come over as an economic immigrant you Your focus isn't on about traveling. You've already done that travel. You've left your home country, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I didn't really travel much as a kid far and wide. Um, There'd usually be what one would call a busman's holiday where you'd go, like we went to the Isle of Man because my dad was working there. We also went to Brussels. He had a friend out there. So a lot of our holidays would be centered around family, or friends that he has in yeah. an area or he's working there. I think our first big trip as a family was quite late. I suppose I'm comparing myself to most people, yeah. like, so it's quite late to people who would go abroad every summer, that just wasn't what we did as a family. No. So we did like a Euro trip. So we started in Brussels when my dad had one of his friends lived there and had his family there. Brussels was our base and we traveled around Europe. It's one of the ones I remember quite clearly because it just was like exciting that we we're going to go see different bits and yeah. places yes
0: uh, it's a bit noisy here i don't know what they're cutting oh no they're do you know what i think they're cleaning the paths with something ah okay yeah yes. just that c- noise i was like oh i don't know if you hear that i just think why don't they just get a brush out <laughs> but there we go they'd rather oh no he's oh, cutting there oh, yeah
1: okay. oh we'll just
0: we'll get past this before we carry on more noise than branches, I think. There's. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a lot of noise. And I don't even see any branches at all. No. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Not in London. So no, I did grow up partially in London. I've had quite a, a moving around kind of life, not massively compared to others, but I was born in London, Yes. Um, lived in Dublin. I don't know if my parents just came and had me. We lived in London for a bit. I've also lived in Dublin, but I don't remember much of it till I was about four. Yes. Came back to London lived here till I was about eight or nine and then moved to Newcastle because um, my dad got a job up there um, and that's so we where just, we moved. Yeah okay we just passed this amazing barge
0: with, with all sorts of stuff. Oh yeah and I and think he's
1: scavenging uh, for things I don't yeah. know that's what it looks like from the yeah. from the um canal. Yeah. Lots of people stuff. lots
0: of people live down here in their barges don't they yeah on the
1: canal. So how long were you in Newcastle? Um, so I stayed there till I decided to go back down to London for uni. So I've, I sometimes wonder, did I live more years in London or more years <laughs> in Newcastle? But I suppose my formative years were a mixture because eight or nine is quite a, a unique time when your accent sets. So I'm, I haven't got a fully Geordie accent, but then mm. likewise, I haven't got a London accent. Most people can tell I'm from the north. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's difficult at times. People were just like... Uh, I'll say I'm from Newcastle. Like you're lying, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes,
0: it's you not know. strong, but there again, nobody would know I was from Edinburgh because I don't have a Scottish accent. Oh person, no, so <laughs> I have it's that well and all. truly been ironed out. Of uh, me from, yeah, from no, traveling so much.
1: Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I, I think sometimes we just have to realise that people are made up of lots of different things and don't necessarily present what you think they should present before you. That's so.
0: very true. An accent cannot define you. Exactly,
1: really. exactly. So.
0: So you you came to London and and. for uni uni and being a student here obviously london is a bit of a springboard to going places as well yeah
1: i didn't actually travel much whilst at uni either no um i was quite you know the nine to five i did pharmacy at at uni and so i was quite driven in that my summer holidays needed to be a placement or work experience and i think one of my work experiences i actually worked in a pharmacy in america Oh wow. So, yeah, that was quite... That's <laughs> quite far to go. Yeah, right? it is. Uh, my, my uncle had what? done it previously, and he was, was raving about it. He'd, he'd been a pharmacist himself. Yeah, so he would got done it previously, worked in this pharmacy out in Nantucket, which is an island off the coast of Cape Cod in Massachusetts. So oh, it's oh really fantastic. i never been in that area. I know, it's really random and in the middle of nowhere. Cape Cod is meant to be beautiful. Yeah, actually. the island was... It was just a microcosm of its own culture, I would say. It was really unique and bizarre, but it was enjoyable. Yeah. Really yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, so that was my first sort of trip. Actually, it was probably my first solo trip, really. I'd traveled abroad with my brother one summer um, to America where we went to stay with relatives. But yeah, that was my first trip solo. So I did a work experience there. Yes. So I didn't really do the whole backpacking. people do in their 20s or whilst at uni yeah yeah. just just wasn't something i did really or had the mindset to do yeah or the opportunity didn't
0: arise did it if you were
1: yeah and i think also you kind of need someone to give you the money for that so i mean i never worked you know i was lucky enough for my parents to help me through uni so i never worked during uni so there was no excess money to now go traveling and exploring yeah so yeah. it's only now that i've i working professional now that i've sort of doing more of that and also you have less of the whole Ty we don't want you to go there <laughs> there's, there's no discussion on that I can just go because it's my money so uh, yeah so you you are in control of that exactly completely. exactly I still have it for my mother she's not always happy about me going xyz no. no my mother's the same she, she gets
0: a bit worried when I suggest
1: certain places like yeah. Mongolia and <laughs> exactly it's the fear of the unknown isn't it, it is. really it's so
0: exactly I mean that, that's that's one of the main I suppose tripping points that stop people going anywhere is that yeah. because they haven't been many places it's a fear that gets in the way of them mm. wanting to go and it's quite a, normally an unfounded fear as yeah well, isn't yeah it? To, but um, I think what, what actually it can be overwhelming
1: you, as well so yes
0: I remember one of my first big independent trips it was a bit scary because you're going off by yourself and yeah. even though you're meeting other people you're not Unless you really want to be on your own, you're not actually ever really on your own. Yes, yeah, that's you, true. You yeah. have to look after yourself, and yeah. you have to be in, you're in, you're responsible for yourself. But yeah. unless you want to be away from everybody, generally speaking,
1: travelling independently
0: alone. doesn't mean you're travelling
1: alone. Alone. Yeah. No, it's true. It's very true. I mean, I'd actually forgotten that I'd done this trip to Nantucket on my own. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I just I think because I linked it to my career and like oh I'm getting this experience of working in a pharmacy in America I hadn't really processed it that you're going by yourself to a place you don't know you don't know anybody there you're going to be living with the pharmacy owner and working out there and experiencing it so that was yeah that was quite interesting to realize I'd done it on reflection because you have a lot of conversations with other people about traveling solo and I had actually forgotten about that experience before I was going to do it you know do a long-term travel alone again yeah and I was like oh I've done this before why am I worried this <laughs> time when I've done it before yeah I think it's always a different mindset I had back then and initially when you sort of
0: thought right I'm going to go out there and start exploring the world what influenced your first decision to go
1: to a place uh so I think my first trip aboard without family or it being a family event um, was with my friend, Chichi. I've spoken about her on my blog, actually. Because um, sometimes it can be a friend that pushes you out of your comfort zone. And I remember she was saying, oh, I'm going an elective. She's a medical student. We grew up together in Newcastle. Yes. She'd come to London as well for uni. We were in different unis. And that, that's one of the joys of going to uni in London. There's lots of different unis and you can do lots of things with lots of different people. Um, and she's like, yeah, so I'm going to start off in Guatemala and then travel down do you want to come I was like yeah okay That's <laughs> a no-brain. Really. I, no, I had no idea what I was saying <laughs> yes to really I was like I'm going holiday with my mate so why not yeah and uh had the best time even now looking back I can't believe how much we squeezed into two weeks because obviously I was working yes um, but she was a student so she she was traveling down and it was going to end up in Panama and I really could only have two weeks. When you work in the NHS, you can't really have more than two weeks off at a time, yeah. sadly. So, yeah, two weeks is what I was going to have. And so, yeah, I travelled from Guatemala down to Costa Rica with her.
0: Oh, lovely.
1: It was quite sweet. She went on to Panama and I was like, I'm flying back home. You've got to go back to work. Yeah, so that's always the thing. It's cool to do. And so I just had never done something like that before. Yes. I'd gone abroad before, but not gone in that sort of explorative manner, I feel, that that was. And having her there just made it easier. So we stayed in hostels. I don't think I would ever have done that by myself to start off with. And she knew what she was doing. I I miss travelling with her. She's now married with children because she's just calm, you know. So anything that you're panicking about, she'll just calm you down about it. (laughs) Zip lining out to Nick. So, yeah, Nicaragua, and I was just, like, <laughs> petrified. Just, like, doing all these, like, you moves. know, moves and stuff, and I was just, like, yes. screaming. Um, And then there was one memory that always sticks. I have no photos of this memory, and sometimes the best memories are ones that you don't have photos exactly, of. Exactly, yes. We'd seen some Mayan ruins in Honduras, and then we wanted to go to some thermal springs, and we was talking to the guy, and he goes, oh, you know, I'll sort it out for you. Uh. <laughs> probably was a bit dodgy. Um, So he was like, I'll pick you up at this time and you'll go to these thermal springs. The journey to these thermal springs took ages and it became dark. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The tuk-tuk, it wasn't in a normal car that he picked us up at. It was in this motorized electric kind of tuk-tuk vehicle, which broke down at one point and i was just freaking out because i was like it's getting dark we, we thought we were going to do these thermal springs in the daytime yes, yes. so i was like i don't understand what's going on i was like tell them to turn us back like let's just forget about them and, and my friend just kept saying no, it's OK. It's OK. After a while, she was like, yeah, my dad would say this is not a good assessment of the situation. I was like, that's <laughs> what you call this? And we eventually got there and there was nothing to worry about. But it was clear that it was um, this place was basically opened up for just the two of us. It was oh this massive thermal springs park. Wow. But we couldn't see anything because <laughs> it was absolutely pitch black. And he just followed us with a torch. And it was the most surreal experience where we experienced these springs but could not see anything yes. it was all by torch and moonlight Wow! and um we got to go into all the different pools and stuff i, I think he'd basically just was making money on the side by doing it with us yeah because yes. they opened it up literally just for the two of us it was closed and everything <laughs> so it was just a bizarre experience, yep. an amazing experience. Who who else
0: has seen the thermal springs in the pitch dark like that? <laughs> exactly. Under the it and, was yeah. And you got the place to yourself. Space
1: entirely to ourselves, and just and you really felt the water more and took in the, the not the scenery because you couldn't no. see anything but just took it in a lot more more so. of a
0: sensory experience
1: yeah oh definitely a sensory experience like my friend's hairs on her arms were glistening <laughs> with the water against the um, moonlight. moonlight so yeah it was really it was a cool experience yeah. I have no photos of it but it was just an amazing <laughs> experience that I wow. just and think we of. stay with you forever. Exactly. So.
0: But also that is one of the thing about travel, certainly from my experience and I'm sure from yours too, is that how much you have to just go on your instincts, but also you've just got to trust people. Yes. And and hope that it's well founded. Yeah. <laughs> um, and on that basis, have you had situations where that hasn't happened? And or have you found a situation that you're Instincts being challenged.
1: I think my instinct was more challenged because it was getting dark, and you know we're taught to be afraid of the dark, rightly so, because a lot of things that are bad that happen happen when you can't see things or see people. So I think that was more. And then we hadn't anticipated it was going to be such a long journey to get to these um springs. Yes. Um, so I think that was where my fear was founded in, because the guide had been wonderful. He'd been amazing when he'd seen turn us around the ruins. But it was more founded in that this is not what we anticipated. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um.
1: But yeah, I think learning to trust people. Here comes the disco on wheels. Oh wow! I thought it was coming from the boat. <laughs> 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 um. I always say trust your gut because it's never usually wrong. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's never usually wrong, and I've not. I can't think of many situations where I've been scared on my travels. I went sandboarding in Peru hmm. and we did three dunes, one mini one, one medium sized one, one massive one. And on the last one, I just knew, I just had this gut that I didn't want to do this. It's like I was at the top and it was massive, but the guy had already left and I was just like, I was the last person there. I didn't want to do it. And yes. um, But I just thought I had no choice now, because I was left there. But I was like, oh, well, Ty, everyone's done it. You need to do it. You can't get out of this. And so I was just like, you'll be fine. I was not fine no. i ended up somersaulting and flipping over my head rolling down this dune several times and partially dislocated my shoulder I ended up bleeding from the mouth it was just an awful experience and i really knew in that moment but you knew you didn't want to do it yes. and so it's reinforced that listen to your listen instinct. to your instincts so even yeah. if it means that you're gonna be making it difficult for everybody yeah or people are gonna it wasn't even a case of people going to laugh at me. I just was like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this situation. the situation. The guy is not here anymore. Yeah. But just trust your gut in the, those kind of circumstances.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: yes. Sometimes I kind of wish some of the activities I do, I wish I'd done them younger. You're a bit more fearless when you're younger. Yeah. In yeah. terms of hurting your body, you don't think about that. Yeah. You just think, you just go for it. Yeah. Um, you know, when I see kids who are snowboarding or, oh doing, my goodness, or yeah. doing all sorts of, I'm like, it's to do with that sense of fearlessness that you 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 get more of that as you get older I feel anyway mm-hmm. um in terms of physical activities because you're aware that your body <laughs> could break a bit more yes. when you're older yes. you, so. know, you know
0: what might happen
1: or <laughs> exactly. could happen and that and actually yes that's that can be quite
0: paralyzing and yeah what definitely. you decide to do or not do mm-hmm. uh, but yes it's it's sort of a self-protection really
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so and in that situation I was right (laughs) so um I probably shouldn't have I'd enjoyed the first two sandboarding down and I didn't really need to do the last one yes yeah so but you know you seem to have recovered though I have I have (laughs) I mean I've got a root canal um, as a lasting memory of that to be honest that I have to just live with Okay, so that's part of your, um, your travel...
0: Yes, yeah, tra- travel, travel scars. Stars. Travel <laughs> yeah, scars. Indeed. Your travel stories. It's <laughs> very popular
1: <laughs> along here, isn't it? Yeah. It's good. I think more people are getting bikes now. They are, aren't they? Yeah. I've left my bike at my parents. I should uh, bring it down.
0: Yes. Yeah. And it is ni- It is actually nice and quite
1: peaceful when, when yeah. we do get a moment to ourselves walking along here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's all I can think of, really, when it comes to that fearlessness. It's kind of odd that like my mum can be fearful about me traveling to x y z place i'm like you literally left your home (laughs) that you knew all your life (laughs) and came she came with my dad so why did they decide to leave um so i think what people a lot of people don't realize is some people just go with not the intention of staying actually so my dad had come to ireland so even though i was born in london ireland is where he came for for post-grad my father's a doctor right. and he'd done his medicine in nigeria yeah and he'd i don't know he got some post i should really ask him a post a post-grad um post-doc kind of job opportunity but the intention was to go back to nigeria it always was for them yeah <laughs> so when they tell me that i'm like what because for me i this is my home, this is all I know. So I always find it odd when they say, yeah, that our t- intention was never to stay here. Yeah. Um, and so I then say, you know, what happened? And he goes, uh, Nigeria went to, through a period where there were just no jobs. Okay. So my paternal granddad, my dad's dad, was... No problem. Um, my dad's dad was... Uh, so, sort of said to him, do you have a job there? And my dad was like, yes. He goes, so stay, because there are no jobs here. So right, okay. it was that issue that caused them caused my dad to stay because there was a lot of issues in terms of jobs and financial security and my, my grandfather's like if you have a job in the UK why are you going to leave to come back of and course. seek her yeah. to have a job and my mum always says like my dad our garage was full of bits of bits and pieces that he bought to set up his own hospital that's what he wanted to oh, do really? in nigeria yeah i actually think that's what happens to a lot of people actually the plan is to come make money and then go back and yes. then, but the country you may have come from just doesn't recover in that stability that you were hoping for things have ch- changed or yeah. moved on
0: or it's a different
1: exactly different and, situation and i think my mother said she realized when we moved to newcastle that we probably weren't going back okay at that point yeah and uh that's what she says and that's one of the reasons she was like i need to take your education more seriously i was like kind of always wonder what were you doing before then <laughs> but um <laughs> um yeah she just said she could see we were now here in the uk long haul and that's quite interesting because i'm sure i'm not sure my mom left Nigeria knowing that she wasn't going to go back either okay so i don't really explored it with them their thoughts because i just think why would you have gone back? <laughs> so I'm just like, why would you have gone back? This yeah. is home.
2: Yes. it's
0: yes. because it's all I know. It's what's
1: so. familiar. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so have
0: you? You've obviously been to Nigeria. Yeah? Yes, to I visit. have
1: many, many times. I think the first time, the first time I went, I was six months. Don't recall that at all. <laughs> of course not. No. <laughs> um, and then after that first time, I was nine, I think. So it's quite late. Well, not late, but just it was young, and I didn't have a good experience, I have to say, because I think. I think one of the things is if you've known something to be like this all your life, and then you go to something so radically different and, and not really prepped no, <laughs> appropriately. No. So I wasn't like expecting that light gets taken or... Um, it was just a very different environment from what I was used to in the UK. Of course. And it's I shop, it was basically. a culture shock. It was a culture shock, yes. And for a nine-year-old, it's like, yeah, probably get me out yeah. of here, is it? Um, and I didn't go with my mother... So I went with my dad and my mum came to join us. But I just didn't enjoy it. So I was just like, why would I want to come come and visit again? Um, And that's the honest, I'm sure my parents would be like really not happy me saying that. But it's the truth. I didn't enjoy it when I was. And we went around Christmas time. So Christmas wasn't how I was used to seeing it. I remember getting gifts and I don't recall coming back with those gifts. So I I just didn't enjoy our christmas out there but so, were you kind of on show as well because yeah we went to visit everybody yeah. yes <laughs> so really? i just felt like we were dragged around to visit so many people and as a nine year you don't want to be dragged around to yes. see one uncle or one auntie that you don't really know <laughs> yes, yes. so yeah i mean so then after that when was the next time i think i didn't go back since i was 21 for a wedding oh, a big big yeah yeah gap. it was a big gap a and how did gap. you how did you view it better as an adult better yeah um because we're going for a joyous occasion so that's always a good thing yes and for um, somebody that you knew yes but I still I think I didn't really truly you know I hear other people who go to Nigeria and they have so much fun and they have they do this and do that and that just wasn't the experience I was having so I couldn't really relate to people when they said they enjoyed going to visit Nigeria so it was only till 2017 that i had a good time in nigeria okay because you're older you can demand to do more things and can be more in control of what you want to go and see and do but you still need people to show you around and to navigate people know you're a foreigner straight like you're not what we call Niger Niger. like you're not you're nigerian it looks but like as soon as you open your mouth they're like oh this one is from abroad yes so So that's that's actually (laughs) quite interesting
0: because for you I mean, your your parents are Nigerian, yeah. and your roots are Nigerian, mm-hmm. and, and yet you're really, you're British, British yeah. so your culture's a British culture, and, and, then, and, and, a, Nigerian and, culture. and a Nigerian Yeah, culture. a fusion. So you're a fusion. Yeah, that's so what yeah, I always like how, to say. I mean, how did the Nigerians respond to that? Did you feel kind of, certain things were very familiar to you, and yet other things were not, and or did you feel that when you were there you were... I suppose you just it just depends, into it, you, just,
1: the flow. you go with the flow and like you're hanging out with family so it's yes. gonna be fine. Yeah. It's more when like you're encountering people who are just not your family so people might think you're rude because you know Nigeria is really much based on respect and the younger you are the less important you are but I don't have that mindset and also I, I look younger than my age so I think a lot of people assume I'm a kid sometimes With the food, have you? I grew up Nigerian, eating Nigerian food. Yeah. I and mean, have you
0: learned as a result to cook it? Can, are you a good Nigerian cook?
1: Ah. My mother would say no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. So she, thinks in, she, progress, she thinks I can't cook anything. Oh, dear. And I, let me say, I feel like I could do it if I w- Like, I do cook some Nigerian dishes, like stew and jollof rice. But there's some that I don't necessarily cook for myself because I'm just like, this like a lot of work for just one person. <laughs> like yeah. I, so I haven't necessarily cooked some, I shouldn't even admit this because my mum thinks I have learnt some of these things and I'm pretty sure I haven't really learned how to cook these things. So some of the dishes, I have a cookbook and I'd have to follow a recipe, a yes. normal recipe. I wouldn't know how to cook it what is off your, the what's bat. Your, what's your favorite Nigerian meal? Yes. Oh, it'd have to be jollof rice, yeah, easily. what So it's a rice cooked in like a a peppered, so I don't like saying tomato because it's really not a tomato base, but it's not like your tomato base pasta where you can really feel the tanginess of tomato because it's a lot more peppers in it and onions and flavoured. So it's cooked in that peppery, tomato-based peppery stew. Yes. Um, the rices, and then you've got jollof rice. It's just, d- it's delightful. It's <laughs> delicious. I'm going to have to try it, I think. Yeah, it's a party favourite. So is it? <laughs> weddings. You cannot be Nigerian at the third party and not have jollof rice. People will just be like, this is, what is it? Where is are this? they? Yeah, it's like... Where it is would, the dude? Yeah, it's... Nigerian food I've always grown up eating. My mum cooks that. It's not foreign to me at all, so... Hmm. I remember talking with a work colleague and she was like talking about Sunday roast. And I love a Sunday roast. It's not something I grew up eating. It's more like I'll have it at a pub. Or if I've gone out on a walk like this, we could end up in a pub where we have a Sunday roast. Um, But I just remember saying to her, oh, yeah, I didn't really grow up eating Sunday roast. And she was all like, oh. And I was like, don't feel sorry for me. Nigerian food is far (laughs) superior. So I was just like, Nigerian cuisine is, is fantastic. So in fact, I just think it adds so much more flavor to food
0: yeah Yeah, Yeah. so I can't so when you travel is food one of the key things that you go looking for or is it is it the culture or the history or
1: it's quite bad when so I remember I organized a trip a surprise trip for my friend to Milan so I organized what we'll do each day and this is like oh but have you organized places to eat and I was like no some people are really foodie and they they must make sure they've researched the latest restaurants and where they're going to eat good food and stuff. I'm just so not like that. Um, cause I just think, Oh, we'll, we'll find somewhere. Containers. Well, I, and I just yeah. think we'll find somewhere to eat. So I don't need to research, but I then went, remember going on holiday with a friend to South Africa and she'd really done a research on where we were going to eat most days, which I was like, cool. Cause that's not really my thing. And I could see the difference it made to our, we had no bad meal. Okay, and, yeah. and not even that not that I have bad meals on my trips anyway but every meal was amazing I really? <laughs> so, yeah that. so she'd really researched it well and I think because she has a peanut allergy she was more cautious about those kind of things
2: yeah so yeah. but
1: it just the food was fantastic we were eating out in South Africa <laughs> so I was like oh so this is what it feels like if you do your research about food and where to eat and stuff a interesting. bit interesting more in advance so she did show me that kind of element of Looking into that when you travel, because I just I just don't. There's no one thing that makes me choose a place I want to go to to travel. It could be so many different things. Like Brazil, I've always wanted to go to because I have been in love with that outlet. Whenever I learned about the Amazon rainforest, yes. as a kid, I was like, I have to go and visit here. Like, it just seems amazing. And so because the largest part of the amazon is in brazil i was just like i'm gonna to go to brazil and actually ironically i didn't actually go to the amazon when i was in brazil oh, just you not, just no um it was the time of the zika virus remember uh, that virus yes, as one yes. we have now <laughs> yes yes um so my friend was a bit reluctant to go and because we didn't know much about it and a bit of a blow because i was so Gung ho on going, but I eventually got to go to the Amazon in Ecuador, so okay, I can't see. complain. And I think I'd always go again yeah, if it. the opportunity arises. Yeah, so it can be for that reason, or it could be like I so desire to go to Jordan because Petra looks amazing, like the city built in rock. I just think that's fun, so unique. it is um, yes. Yeah. So ha- but I haven't been. No, oh, okay, okay yeah. I've, I've yeah. had a couple of failed attempts of at trying okay. to get there. Okay,
0: so yeah, <laughs> so. Why well, failed. <laughs> just because uh, other th- something came
1: up came and up, I wasn't okay. able to go. So, yeah. yes, yeah. But yeah. I will get there. Yeah, same. <laughs> and, you know, I want to go to Israel because, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian and I want to see the biblical sites that you read about in the Bible and just see it in the flesh. Yes. So there's always yeah. different reasons to go to a place. Yeah, like, you know, Ecuador, I went because I was going to learn Spanish. I okay. hadn't chosen Ecuador for any other reason. Yeah. Seemed like a cool place to start. My friend had gone to a Spanish school out there. And so, yeah, I just went there. There's never one reason. It, it'll be a, the history or the culture or a specific site or nature. You know, I'd really love to go gorilla trekking in Uganda or Rwanda, yeah. whichever. Yes. It's just different reasons. So there's never, ever one one thing. Okay. But it's probably not food. Food is never food down um, the list <laughs> Probably, yeah. in terms of priorities <laughs> yeah like, it is reasons. it is kind of down the list yeah not sadly I just I'm trying to think of a place that's renowned for its food. I think because Nigerian food is so good I'm just like yeah the <laughs> other places will be good as well so yeah, yeah. each person each area has its own dish and have you things. have you ever
0: found that while you've been traveling abroad mm. in another country that they have asked you to cook
1: your oh no no nigerian no one's ever asked me that really? okay no and um i think people are more taken with the fact that i'm black it <laughs> so it's really, if it's a if it's a place that's not got a large population of black people so okay. it's yeah. not really like they know i'm nigerian yes so yeah. okay. i've never no i've never been asked asked to cook okay. when 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 abroad
0: <laughs> so leading on from what you've just said i had a quick look at your blog and yeah and one of them was a very interesting article that you wrote about Going to visit your pen pal in Germany yeah. when you were fifteen, and your your mum said I was a bit to younger, you, actually. "Were you younger?" Okay. Yeah. I said to you, "Have you told her that you're black?" black? Yeah. And your reaction to that was
1: puzzlement. Mum was yes. <laughs> like, yes. no, I haven't. Yes. Why, why? Why? Do I need to?" Yes. And you did I did well and I did because she wouldn't let me go otherwise oh, really? yeah, you yeah. Could, I mean yeah. This, I always encourage people to go and read like my experiences because you you just get another perspective of how people live in the world of and, course yeah. and that's for everybody it doesn't yes. need to be a particular race or yes. gender um but she wasn't going to let me go is the mine, if I didn't write and tell her that so yeah, and right. I wanted to go it was actually it was a German exchange um, I was learning German at school so you know they do that sort of things don't know if they still do that anymore now but yeah German exchange so yeah she said I needed to write so I, I did mm-hmm. I mean at the time I didn't really know why I had to do that I think she sort of said you know they need to know I was like oh why does it, well, does it matter <laughs> that's what I remember saying to her
2: yeah, yeah. um
1: but no I, I I get why she she said it you know she wasn't going to be there should they have an issue is is that
0: as a result of the fact that she had lived in this country for a while and yeah, the, most yeah, definitely and had, had experiences yeah most definitely yeah I
1: mean my dad tells me so my mum's parents um came and studied you know my, my grandfather who was a professor yeah he studied at LSE as right. did my grandmother so they had been here in the times where they would see signs no blacks no dogs no Irish, Irish yeah so yeah you can't you you ha- you go off you protect your children based on of what you experience experienced yourself. Yes. And also what you see and how the covert and you know, overt ways of how people are treated. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can totally understand why my mother said it. If it had not been a favourable outcome, it would have been more shocking to me if she hadn't sort of said I needed to. She would always be worried if something bad had happened. And so, she yeah, so she just wanted to protect me, and of I, course, I get yeah. that. And, but in that, you then open your child's mind to the fact that people think about you based on just the skin tone, yeah, basically. Yes.
0: So, and from what you wrote, what came to my mind was: did that then change it for you? My were travels you, after that. Yeah. Were, were you suddenly more aware of, no, of, of racism? It, no, not of at, at all. In, uh,
1: it's not my mother that will need to tell me that the world will let you know that you're black it comes from having the questions from people at school why are your palms a different colored skin tone like it's those questions that make you re- realize that you're not what everyone sees every day so yeah, yeah. I know some people think oh your mother should have put that idea into your mind or, but I'm just like it's not from my mother that I was aware that I'm black <laughs> the earliest memories of being I would say other to you know a little kid just i was with another girl who was asian and we were like the way my school was there was smaller kids and older kids and there was like a barrier between us and we would just wave at them yeah. and she just came and was like i don't like dark people oh, and goodness. i was just like wow she's a tiny kid we're talking about like four oh my so god where has think... that come from yeah. so yeah, yeah. yeah like where has that come from because she wouldn't have seen it. we're in newcastle she wouldn't have met many black people or asians i i would say um Mm. but she said it so powerfully and so strongly there's those memories that just stay with you that you're aware of i could describe the little girl if you brought a picture of the little girl to me i would know what she looked like yeah so the knowledge of racism comes from others Yes, yes from how they interact with you yes so even though like someone asking me like why are your palms this color it's not from a racist question but no one's asking the white girl why is, does your hair become greasy after a few days you know it's, these are things that you are made aware of your difference in the world by others Yes. so
0: and it's, it goes well beyond I mean curiosity to just to understand because I when I was in I was traveling in Vietnam in an area where there were no tourists yeah. and and I had that where they were actually touching my skin yeah. and wondering whether my freckles would rub off, <laughs> yeah. you know, and my hair was red and, well, not so red now, but, but was much redder and curly and yeah. they wanted to touch it because it was different to them It theirs. was different
1: to them. And but that was more all about curiosity Curiosity. and which also happens like the curiosity yeah but it's when that curiosity comes to being treated differently exactly and that's what I don't think people get the nuances between that yeah because people are like oh well I was people always give me the example like well you know people stare at me and I'm like yeah but are they treating you differently to any human and that's where people don't want to really hear that that you are treated at times badly yeah and people are like, oh, they had an off day no they did not have an off day because I just saw them treat you with absolute respect yeah and not me so
0: yeah it's yes. that kind
1: of thing that people don't get
0: yes the balance um, of respect is skewed coming to London as well so you're in a, you're in a, a very multicultural environment so yeah I love London you. for That's that it, so um, yeah and going to UCL and then now...
1: Kings. K- oh, Kings. Sorry, going,
0: yeah, <laughs> Kings. Kings girl. Kings. Sorry, a King's girl. Okay. I do apologise, yes. <laughs> and now working as a pharmacist, as a pharmacist yeah. in a hospital. Is London where you feel more at home because it is so multicultural?
1: And no, even though it has, Even
0: though it has its problems, yeah, huge problems as yeah. well.
1: No, home for me. If when people ask where is home, I say Newcastle. Um, you do? Yeah. yeah, I really do, because it's where I grew up, it's where I have my friends, my family home is still there. And yes. it's just, um, it's just home. Like, even now, when we spend Christmas down south, this is still not like spending Christmas in Newcastle. <laughs> I right, get pushed oh. into the
0: Grand Union Canal here.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. My best friends from, like, my childhood are a mix I was the only black girl in my school so I have no. I had no black friends from Newcastle but yeah. oh that's not true no black friends in my school from Newcastle okay. but um, one of my close friends is white one is Asian I have a multitude of different friends so I had never really not been surrounded by multiculturalism despite being in Newcastle yes, yeah. and despite being the only black girl in my school yeah. I still was exposed to lots of other races in my friendship group we didn't think about it it was just we just so were friends, were, yeah, yeah. and it, yeah, they were my people, Kids exactly, exactly. Together. And that is, and that is what happens. Kids yeah. don't start learning about right. these things until later, and it's people don't realize it's from your how you're taught or what the media portrays. Because actually, if you're just left to your own devices, you don't really you don't think about it. It's not something that plays in your mind. But it's then when things feed in from society, from the media, from teachers i'm a strong believer in that i think our education system needs to be overhauled especially from a history point of view because yeah. it's taught in a very narrow like this is what happens and and excludes i'm not even just saying black people just excludes any other race as if like yeah. no yeah. other race existed but the white people when it comes to history yeah i mean you learn about greek and roman and egyptian but it's it's not well rounded it's not well balanced. and i know you can't learn everything but it's also very skewed like yes you know. At
0: this, in, in the 21st century, there needs to be some kind of change to open it up and be broader in its outlook rather than, than just talking about Charles I and <laughs> Exactly, you know, <laughs> and,
1: um, Battle of Hastings yeah, several exactly. times. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Newcastle's home. I mm-hmm. love London because of its diversity and there's always change. There's always things to do. I always say London, you can eat any cuisine in the world in London. Newcastle's home. How I like to describe myself is I'm a Londoner by birth, a Geordie Lass by nurture with Nigerian spice. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's literally my little motto <laughs> to sum lovely. up myself. Because, Love it. yeah, yes it's good
0: to have a summing up of yourself
1: <laughs> yeah it? I mean I don't even know how, how that came about yeah someone was questioning what, do you not classify yourself as Nigerian and I was like and I think that's the thing you can be lots of different things
0: Definitely, you don't
1: have to be this, this one thing I wasn't born in Nigeria I haven't lived there but I know I have a lot of Nigerian culture in me Yeah, some people might not even know I can understand my parents language fluently can I you speak it? Cannot speak it fully. Like <laughs> so you know. I'm, I'm what they call um, receptively bilingual in that I can understand oh, the language, right. but I cannot speak it. Interesting. Yeah. I had I, only recently learned that's what I am, <laughs> that I'm receptively bilingual. Yeah. Receptively bilingual. Okay. Yeah. So that adds another layer of things because when someone says, sends like a funny video that's in that language. If i was to translate this this wouldn't just be as rich because the language is what makes it funny things get lost in the translation definitely yes um the and nuance of, exactly. of and what exactly and just saying. and it has more power in that thing that you're watching or reading or listening to not reading because i can't read it either yes. <laughs> but listening to so Nigerian music is
0: very poignant for you because you you understand it
1: i don't really know many songs in Yoruba, like there's Afro beats, which is a thing now, but a lot of Yoruba now gets mixed with English. What do you call it? Yor- Yoruba. Yoruba. I yeah. Thought. Which I'm sure That's people the, the language, the language I'm sure people will mock me from how I'm pronouncing it <laughs> as well, to be honest, it's just one of the things. Uh,
0: how many languages are there in Nigeria?
1: Nigeria? Well, okay, so the official language, which I love to tell people, is English. And they're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, because, you know, Britain invaded took over Nigeria like people don't know that that's what i mean about the history the colonialism of other countries yeah. nigeria didn't wake up and just decide to start speaking english like <laughs> Britain came and took over the country and people don't like it because it's uncomfortable but that's part of your history and you need to own it yes like I'm not saying you're a bad person when I sort of say this and you don't need to take it as it being bad but it's part of your history it's fact and Britain did that to a lot of countries so lots of countries speak English for that reason yes there's a reason Latin America speaks Spanish it didn't happen just (laughs) so so it's um a lot of things oh it's a beautiful place to Take oh, a wow, photo. yes, that's great. Without dropping Been
0: my it. phone in the canal. It's the um, first
1: day of spring, isn't it? Is it? Today, I think, or today or tomorrow, is yeah. Is it? oh, Well, it's lovely to be out in it, even though <laughs> the sun isn't shining. I know, I was like, Britain, why are you grey? Again. <laughs> Again, <laughs> Again yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, so the official so language of Nigeria is English. Yes. Um, and then there's three main languages Yoruba, Hausa, and Igbo. Okay. And then there's over 250 dialects and languages, right. like, unique. So, there's a lot of languages in Nigeria, you know? One of my best friends isn't from one of the main tribes. So those three ah, we I are... We are on the capital, capital ring, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she, so her main language isn't... Not that she speaks it. She understands it. She's like me. She's receptively bilingual with the bridge, actually. Seven and
0: a quarter miles to Paddington. That sounds hard to believe, actually. Richmond Bridge is 10 miles. There we go. If you're cycling, not yeah, it's, it's not that Yeah, it's not that durable. bad, actually. Yeah, it's
1: true, actually. It's totally doable. So, sorry, I keep interrupting. No, no, it's fine, it's (laughs) fine.
0: So with the languages, a lot of languages by area, I imagine, are they? Or are they tribal Um, It's by
1: tribes, yeah. And I think what people don't realise is that it's funny, like, it's something I was reflecting on when I went travelling in South America and thinking about tribes, like Peru and Bolivia, there's, like, this border is just created by somebody else and now you split the tribe where the language is spoken on both sides. And they're the same tribe, but... One is Bolivian um, nationality and one is Peru. And that's because someone came along and just drew borders. And that's essentially what has happened in a lot of countries that were colonised by other countries. They've just gone and said, we're going to carve out this bit. And actually, that's not always a sensible thing to do because Mm -hmm. you're breaking up tribes or areas that didn't need to be together or don't affiliate with each other. other. Mm -hmm. And I think what people don't want to admit is that's a lot of the reason for problems because you just lumped people together that actually didn't need to be together. Not, and I don't mean it's that you can't work with people, but it didn't when work. It, didn't it wasn't, work. It wasn't natural. a natural thing, you yeah. know. So as a result of that, there are issues to do with that. Um, I, I, you know, people don't talk about it because they don't want to. It's uncomfortable. But the West still play a part in that. Like, they know that these people don't like each other or have issues with each other so they might give power or preference to a certain group over another and then that builds the animosity that would never have been there in the first place so it's all those kind of tactics there's a reason there's a phrase called divide and conquer yeah yeah. you know so
0: they try almost to Entrench the differences rather and than reinforce it. Yeah. The exactly.
1: Unite them. Exactly. Um, and it's a tactic co- over their common yeah. The tactic has been police. used for so long in so many areas in so many countries, and it's those kind of things that we need to learn in history in yeah. school, because then that's how it doesn't repeat itself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but it's not taught. You have to do your own reading for that sort of thing, and it's it's not about just always teaching the glorious parts. <laughs> and it's and also all presenting something as glorious when it's, when not, it's glorious. not glorious, so exactly. you know. Because a lot yeah. of people still think, oh, well, colonialism was good. We yeah. we did this to them and they got this and that. I was like, come on, you don't even know what would have happened if you just left countries alone. <laughs> so yeah, I think some people have a view that it, it was good for some countries because mm-hmm. they were. I don't know, savages. But again, it's told from a lens of a one-sidedness. Yes, yes. Um, it's all
0: under the banner of uh, developments. And, exactly. Uh, yeah, So,
1: yeah, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it's those kind of things that I wish our history lessons would teach more of yeah. because those are very real Yes. and are the reasons for why countries are the way they are. I don't think people really, oh, why are they poor there? They're not working hard enough. I'm like, are you, like, (laughs) sometimes I'm just like, that's a crazy thought process. You literally went to a country and pillaged them of their resources. (laughs) They're not going to be at the same level as this country that benefited from, you know, when people talk about, go back to where you came from. You know, my history is part of why you are here where you are. Yeah, And I don't think people realise that in that sense and I always say it's, if you're feeling guilt you need to sit with that guilt and understand why do you feel guilty yeah. no one is asking you to feel guilty it's just to have an awareness of that yeah. and that's yes. the reality of how you are living the way you're living and somebody else is not living the way you're living yeah. you know, yeah. even in myself like I know from my own history you know I call Nigeria the motherland because it's, it is where my legacy began my life could have taken a different turn based on how my grandparents were um treated or you know i just think about my grandfather was given an education because he was sharp and determined to have an education Mm -hmm. In in nigeria yes but it wasn't everybody that got an education like his brother was a hunter right so the differences are it can really just be that lack of the draw that somebody wants to educate you and can change the direction of your of a whole of generations down. Yes. And as a result of my grandfather going to, um, obviously I have other people fed into my life, but as a result of that, you know, that meant his whole family is educated as a result and yes, are able yes. to build for themselves. Yeah, it's a trickle effect, isn't yeah, it? Yeah.
0: So of
1: improvement, exactly, improving
0: themselves. Yeah, and if, if you
1: can call it improvement. Exactly. I mean, yeah, just being able to escape a cycle. But likewise, yeah. there's a triple effect of also doing harm when you have taken away from a country or i i'm a big believer in, in um diversifying the education system in terms of from a historical point of view because when you know your history well you cannot make stupid statements or sweeping statements or you're just more knowledgeable and have a better understanding yeah. you know a more rounded understanding yeah.
0: of the whole thing
1: oh li- yeah of yeah. life and then when you well, travel yeah and yes. stuff
0: so yeah going back to your your pharmacy training mm-hmm. have you thought or maybe you've done it already have you uh, taken those or want to take those skills abroad and apply them in a in say in Nigeria or another African country or in South America where there's a
1: need for I would love to but it, it's it's quite difficult actually um a lot of places need you to register as a pharmacist there which means taking their exams restudying retraining so it's not a I'm just going to go there and work as a pharmacist. It doesn't work like that. You would need to register as a pharmacist there. And often they have their entry point is that you need to take their exams. Yes. That you need to study to uh, get, even though you've got a degree in one country, it's not um, reciprocal in that sense, okay. sadly. Even and
0: working for, an, I mean, I don't know, but with the NGOs and...
1: So like in that the... respect, yes. But yeah. a lot of the time, there's such a lot of focus on nurses and doctors and not other <laughs> not other professions, sadly. Yeah. I have looked into it and it's, there's always something that's not stopping me, but just either the role isn't there or they're saying, oh, we want only medics or we want only nurses. Or um, I also am very aware that it's important to know the language. Yes. You know, I would hate to make a mistake if I was working with the community. I need to know their language. Yeah, and um, well. And, and know, often, know it well, yeah. exactly. So um, it is something I'd love to do, but... And I have looked into it, but I've never found an opportunity that works yes, or has yeah. been okay because i i don't want to study for x like a, you know for, for, for example, the sake for, of it when you, yeah yeah for example so if i wanted to go to america we're looking at about two years before i could actually practice as a pharmacist like i need to okay, take so the exam it's just it's a if it's a short-term thing then the studying is not worth it okay yeah uh, for me yeah. anyways um yeah so it's just weighing
0: up what's what's practical what's practical yeah, yeah.
1: There's not many humanitarian pharmacists or pharmacists who work abroad that I meet. If they're going to work abroad, they're re up rooting their lives and now living in that country fully. Yes, not yeah. on a short stint. I don't meet many who go on a short stint. Not in the capacity... They may be of a pharmacist background, but they may not be working in that country in a pharmacy capacity. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so m- utilising the fact that they have the pharmacy skills, but not necessarily in a pharmacist role. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So...
0: Yeah. And being a, a pharmacist here, I imagine you have been working throughout this whole yeah, upside yeah. down period of life. Of life, um, indeed. And, and how has that impacted on you, both mentally and also in terms of your, because obviously you're a real get out and go. Girl, and, and, oh, I want, yeah. and, and enthusiastic to be
1: out travelling. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at the start, I felt lucky that I could like go to work. I wasn't stuck in, in the house. And so, you know, I always feel bad when I complain because like, I know some people are finding it hard to be in the four walls of their house. And I'm like, well, at least I get to go out. Um, and you're working in which hospital are you? It's at? a hospital up in, in London mm-hmm. um, with, yeah. I specialize in cancer. So I'm, I'm working with um, cancer patients is, is okay. my speciality but you know so it it was good to have that continuation of work and yes yes, that's a bit of that normality in a time where it's not normal at all but as time has ticked on it has been draining because and especially in my speciality I was sort of saying to my friend that uh, I read these notes of what's going on with the patient and they're getting this cancer diagnosis or it's they've progressed or it's getting worse or but usually you have an outlet of You have an outlet of, like, you go and see your friends or you're going to do something joyous. Just something to distract from this. And I've realised that I don't have that. So it's made me question, do I still want to be in cancer? Because it's not actually... Not that I went into it, you know, I stumbled into it as a speciality, but it can be quite depressing because it's... Some people are getting diagnoses and they're not going to get better. Yeah, yeah, Um, Yeah. So it's that... So we'd be like, do I want to do this for the next X amount of years? But I know it's because I don't have... I'm literally going to work, doing this, coming home, and it's on repeat, that whole... And I think during the darker months it was even harder. Of course, yeah. Because I I just... There'd be weeks I wasn't seeing sunshine, so... And <laughs> um. that's really tough on you,
0: and also because obviously you're having to go to work with a very positive attitude... Well, as positive as you can be, mm. I imagine, for the patients that you're mm-hmm. you're seeing and just day work day colleagues today. as well yeah.
1: yes um so yeah it's uh n- this lockdown lockdown three is yes. what I call it 3.0 <laughs> um has been the hardest for me has it uh yeah and and I think it's a mixture of the fact that I moved out so I'm you know living on my own mm-hmm. um but I also don't have an outlet to meet up with friends and to go and explore here and to go and do different things Yes, yeah um and I could see that I was just eating <laughs> so like just comfort eating I'm not even that way inclined but it was just uh, it was just like what is there to to do and I'm not I don't I watch tv but I'm not like a Netflix girl where I watch it excessively in that you know when some people say oh my like they love to like sit in their bed and curl up and be watching Netflix, that's just really not me in January. Um, so I'm a massive Strictly Come Dancing fan, are you like <laughs> absolutely massive? <laughs> Everyone yeah. who knows me knows that's avid, so, watcher. <laughs> avid watcher. So, um, I follow some of the you know on social media, some of the Strictly Come Dancing stars. So, one of them uh was Although offering really dance classes them. online, and I was like. Yeah, why not? I, th- I think he'll be a good teacher. Like, oh, not I think, he will be an amazing teacher. So on- honestly, it is the best thing I ever did for lockdown because wow. it's been like a ray of sunshine. Yeah, Something to look forward to, to do, and has forced me to dance as well because I've always loved dancing. Last year when everything kicked off, it was like February time, I'd actually just finished. I'd gone to Bulgaria on a ski holiday. I'd come back. I was preparing to move to mm-hmm. where I'm living now yes um and then everything just shut down and I'd finished my dance because I was learning ballroom at the time oh, were you yeah and yeah. so I was going to school and I decided everything was in preparation for me to be moving to London and starting a new life <laughs> in that sense yes so initially I was like okay let me just do some classes on from YouTube but I was like this isn't the same I don't like like it just it just wasn't the same so I just thought oh and because you didn't know how long all of this was going to be, I was just yeah, like, you know what, I'll just wait till we can go back into the studio. Because dancing is really a... It's a textile. Like, it's, you know, just, it's just it's so much nicer with other people. Yeah, like. atmosphere. So I just was like, I'll just wait till we can go back into the studio and then I can dance properly then. And that just turned into how like I just did not dance all year. And it was just... I was like, something that I just loved to do and I was doing weekly, I just went from doing it to not doing it at all. Yeah. So when january came and i was like look i don't know how long this is going to go on for <laughs> anymore now this is the option i have so let me just do online even though i wasn't all gung-ho for it to start off with yeah and maybe i'll feel better about it because it's from a strictly pro so <laughs> so and i did it and honestly it's been fantastic Absolutely. i just loved it because so it's it's five days a week and the the video only stays for 24 hours. So okay, I, so I have, have to, to do, do it, it. because wild. I'm going yeah. to work. Yeah, So it's done live from five to six. Yeah. And I'm at work. So I'm not doing it live, sadly. Yes. And I'd love to have done it live, but I wasn't working from home like some people were doing and were able to tailor your lifestyle of a course. bit more. Yes. So, yeah, I wasn't doing it live, but it just meant I had to do it <laughs> at some point before I go back to work because it'll be gone by the time I get back. Yeah. So. Yes. Some days I was like, I was so tired. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. I was like, Ty, you've paid for this class. You have to do it. Sometimes I was doing the class at one in the morning. Were you really? Oh because goodness. I was like, it has to get but done. Isn't that
0: funny? Isn't it because you pay for something? Yeah. It, or however, it, there's more value attached yes. to it, and then you feel uh, that you have to do it so yes. for whatever reason.
1: And so I just wasn't making excuses. And as a result, <laughs> I. And I would always feel happier after doing it. Maybe not at the one o'clock. <laughs> one. Sometimes I was like, "If you'd done this earlier, you would be getting better results from what you're." Because I'd see, I'm like, "I can't do this move." But what dancing gonna... are you doing? It? So you doing? he, um, so Giovanni is the teacher. Giovanni, uh, Giovanni, yeah. um, and this, Peniche. A... Peniche okay. Um I don't know if I pronounce it properly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fantastic teacher. Like, I mean, it goes without saying, right? Sometimes you don't always know they could be a good performer but could they be a good teacher you don't know but no he's fantastic and what are you learning so he he changes it i think that's also the joy you don't know what you're doing each day so he changes it each day Yes. and builds on what you learned last week so we've done samba salsa uh lindy Hop, bachata cha 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 jive charleston rumba which oh, i wouldn't have thought i'd enjoy it because i have learnt the rumble before but i've hated it yeah, okay. <laughs> it is a beautiful dance it's a hard dance it requires a lot of control in your body a lot of taking in the music and taking that time to let your body go with that and so ah, i just thought it was an over-exaggerated dance but yeah, yeah he, the way he taught it, it was just it changed my mind about it And i was like i haven't given it a chance i'm not in love with it still but i just hadn't given it a chance really yeah, yeah. and pastor doble he taught us the arms to do that yeah. and the waltz which is quite hard the waltz is hard to do if you don't have a partner Especially yeah <laughs> i mean he <laughs> you i think do it with,
0: a, with a with a coat your coat, I, you I, coat well yeah
1: i just he we only just had that this the week just gone actually um but luckily i've done the waltz before i okay. say that as if i'm like a pro or anything but you but know, understand i the understand basics, the, so. the dance so it was nice to see how he was teaching it yes but i know that i would enjoy it more with a partner it's a beautiful dance to do with a partner so yeah he basically focused on the dances that didn't necessarily need a partner okay. that, the, the, you know things that I don't know if you've ever watched strictly i have yeah. only the first season so uh, yeah or second season i think it was but yeah it's, so it's some dances so don't there'll be bits where you will do the dance solo yes yeah so you know mirroring one, one another so you don't necessarily need to learn with a partner yes the steps. so yeah and i've just loved it i feel sad that it will come to an end I, so how how many more weeks have you got? I left? think next week might be our last week. Oh my goodness, I know. Yeah, yesterday was our 50th lesson. 50, so he, 50 lessons. That's yeah, a I know. Lot, isn't it? I know. It, feel, it feels like such an achievement. I'm like, That's how you always dance. Well, like, I know, but this is amazing. Be amazing that at the
0: end of it, when
1: lockdown lifts, that you could all the whole He club, wants to do that. He does. He does That's want to do great. that. So yes, you
0: all get to meet each other. Yeah.
1: there's um, oh, the barge coming yeah. along.
0: Old Romeo as well. It's a nice scenic. It's with the with the shadow of the trees in the in the water. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, Um, Out of all the dances you've learned or doing in the last fifty days of dancing, which would you say is your favorite? So, not your best, but your favorite.
1: Yes. So, (laughs) actually, none of the ones I've learned is my favorite. Okay. (laughs) Because I've 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 not many. Well, I don't know if people know. I have danced before in terms of had lessons and other things. Right. So I, so I lived in Oxford for a bit, so just under three years. When I was out there, I was struggling to find a salsa class that I liked, that suited the, what I'd learned and the style and everything. And sometimes, so as not to frustrate yourself that you're not finding a salsa class that suits. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to learn a new dance. <laughs> why <laughs> i just learn one from scratch so I learned the Argentine tango oh did you <laughs> I loved it uh, yeah. but I've always I've loved watching it yes um so it's my favorite so I'm quite sneaky in that it's my favorite dance to watch yes but my favorite dance to do is salsa yeah okay so uh, yeah it's a fun dance it's a fun well, dance it? no. it's you can do it by yourself you can add your own cheekiness to it you yeah. can go with how the music takes you argentine tango is not like that it's very specific your partner needs to you can't learn it in isolation it's not a dance he's taught us because you need a partner yeah the woman only moves if the man guides you to move That's like right, and he yeah. feels that connection to move you so yeah. if there is nothing to give that impression to move you you will stay still so it's really it's quite a sensual dance in yeah. that you react to what your partner does, yes. Yeah. Um, so I love to watch it. It's a beautiful dance it to is. watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, but to do salsa, so okay. yeah, I'm, I'm kind of cheeky. Like Argentine <laughs> Tango is my favorite dance, but salsa is my favorite one that I can do.
0: Okay. <laughs> but hopefully, the fact that lockdown is going to lift in in a way that yeah. we're all anticipating. Indeed. Where? Where, where, is it, where are you going to head first on an adventure?
1: Oh, I don't know. Two weeks ago, I would have been like, I'm going to go to Nigeria. Um, but unfortunately, my, my grandmother passed away two weeks ago. Oh, dear. And uh, so I, I'm... I'm in, the, yeah, in
0: Nigeria? In Nigeria. Yeah.
1: So that was why I was going to go. Of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's so kind of... Thank you. Um, it's kind of really changed a lot of things and... Yeah, I don't know now, is the, is the, is the understand. answer? So, like, Nigel was on my, f- I have to go because yes. I want to see her. Yes. Um, And it wasn't necessarily going to go for an adventure. It was really to see, see family her. and yeah. see, you yeah. know. Yeah. So where I'm working now, my contract may end in May. I'm not sure. It's because I'm a contract pharmacist. So I yes. work in different places. So okay. it may end in May, but you never know because they just say May and then it can be extended. If it does end in May, I'm thinking of taking the month of June off. And okay. if and if Spain will have me, because <laughs>
0: be I'll
1: be there and I'll travel around Spain and Wonderful. practice my Spanish because I've been having Spanish lessons in lockdown as well. OK, um, well, wow, you've been very active then. Yeah, I mean, I've always done Spanish, like before the pandemic even started or came to the UK, just in general, I've been learning for a while. Yeah. And so it's just continued, really. So it'd be nice to like actually go and utilise it more so, yeah, I have a desire to travel. And the thing is, when I go to Spain, I always go to Barcelona because I just love Barcelona. So I just I haven't given other places a chance. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I should go and explore around. Yeah. So um, yes. that's Good. kind of what my mindset, really. Like, okay. to go to Spain for a month, okay. the month of June, Yeah. should... That be permitted? Yes, yes. Well, hopefully it will be. Well, keep our yeah. fingers crossed for that. Definitely. I and if you want to go somewhere, yeah. If it sure. doesn't, you know, just yeah. It's all about for Spain me. Spain will wait. Spain, <laughs> and I think that's the thing. My mindset has never been like I need to be always traveling. It's my my job does not afford for me to always be traveling. Yeah. Um, and I just think you can have that sense of adventure and that sense of exploring in your own country definitely so i don't know if it's been harder for people who need to always be anywhere but the uk um for me i don't want to just travel for the sake of traveling yeah um and but i realize people travel for different reasons so you know i would love to travel and know that it's going to be i'm not going to be restricted in what i do or this place is closed because of the pandemic or this or that like i just I don't want it, that's part of your experience of Of travelling, and it will taint how you, how that experience was, and it will shape it, so maybe not taint it, but it will shape it, it. because I remember speaking to one friend, she'd gone to Mexico, and she was like, loads of places were closed, we had to wear a mask everywhere, and it was hot, and it was nice, but she was just like, it isn't normal to wear a mask. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) and I was like, of the same, that's something I've always had, of the same mindset, that I don't want to be travelling for the sake of travelling, and say I've gone here, I really want to Learn and get to experience, and spend time, and yeah, see things. And where in the UK have you been that's made a big
0: impact on you? Oh, good question. Um, just thought sort I'd of
1: throw that <laughs> while um, your mind was was lingering in Spain, yeah. and Mexico,
0: <laughs> and places.
1: I love the Lake District. Yeah, um, I went as a kid with my mum and dad and my brother. Um, you know, it's it's just a beautiful place. I think Snowdonia, though. Yeah. yeah, I think I've just had moments there of realisation or if I've gone, been going through a period that of change that I have not been happy with. When you're climbing a mountain, there's a sense of, and you're with friends that you're talking and yes. spending time with and being able to be open with, it it's adds to exp- the experience. And Definitely. you're just happy and you're surrounded by nature and just see that, wow, this is marvellous. <laughs> like before what's before you and can't think of other places around the world that is like Snowdonia yes, which yeah which people are just like it's just Wales but I was like no honestly Snowdon has a beauty it's yeah I just so love it it's on I, in fact I've only been to Wales twice
0: which is really bad so again a failed attempt going to Wales <laughs> when one of the I think it was lockdown two started ah, okay. yes so I couldn't we couldn't go yeah anyway. yeah so
1: during that time of lockdown two or around that time because I, I did become do, a bit
0: of a fog actually yeah
1: I did do a staycation where it started in the Cotswolds and ended in Wales oh, okay. um but we did Pembrokeshire yes in, of Wales oh beautiful and well, oh, oh yeah. wow I had not realize <laughs> I'd recommend going there I do have A blog post that I'm eventually, at some point, going to write and release about where we stayed because it was just so unique and we found it so randomly. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's this tiny village that no one would ever stay in, but I'm so glad we did because it just was so tranquil. That's the word I'd use. So tranquil, and in a in a time when anything has been but tranquil and peaceful, it was so needed. I'm a city girl, but I like to go and explore and enjoy yeah. this countryside. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. And appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. And, and think, oh gosh, I mean this village was tiny as in we arrived and we had no toilet roll and there was no shop. <laughs> and so it's like <laughs> It's more like a hamlet. Though, yeah, <laughs> well I always thought that, but when I Googled it it was like it's called a village and I was okay. like, oh okay. what was, the, what was it Dale. Dale, okay. And um, but it was it so up. tranquil yeah. and so peaceful. Wonderful. And um so yeah.
0: talking of your blogs and the blog pieces that you write and, and also actually your, your website generally. Mm-hmm. I mean it's very much an inspiring website with you're very enthusiastic on it. And, okay. and, and I'm and glad I've, that comes across. Well, it <laughs> does, very much so. <laughs> but when you're writing, are you writing towards a, a specific audience? I or are you are you no. just writing to inspire anybody to
1: I would hope it to, was uh, It was anybody that would want to read it um i'm just writing from like i've enjoyed this and i want other people to enjoy it and i want you to know about it and my writing style is um really conversational so that it's as if i'm having the conversation with you um colloquial not formal really and um yeah i'm just hoping someone reads it and be like oh this sounds how she's describing or what she's experiencing sounds really cool I want to go and and do that too that's what I'm hoping for but I understand like if you see the person on the blog that you know not everyone puts themselves front and center um, of the blog but if you see yourselves you tend to align with people who look like you that's just uh, the way you know and that's part of the issue that people don't like to discuss like that's why people tend to hire people that look like them or people tend to assimilate or hang out with people that look like them you have to sometimes make a conscious effort to mix with people who are not like you yes um yes more for other people like i've never had to make a conscious effort because i'm a minority so that's that's kind of i would assume a lot of people who read my blog would be female would be black would have a fused culture like myself but i'm But that's not who I'm... I'm not writing thinking that's the person reading my blog. Because I'm just talking to somebody who's like me, basically. And I feel like anybody could be like me. If that's my hope, anyway. Um, No,
0: because it's it's quite interesting. Because I wonder whether women... First First generation generation, in in the UK, from wherever around the world, have reached out to you and said, Oh, this is amazing. We haven't thought to do this. We're in in a barge (laughs) (laughs) underneath the bridge here. um, um uh, yeah. and and have w- and have said
1: come I come with you and walk with you or uh,
2: um, that so I-, I think
1: so two, two actually yeah now that you reminded me of one that was local actually I remember so I engaged from people with on different social platforms yes. um so it was Instagram Face, Facebook or Twitter and I remember one fellow blogger was like oh I'm not in the Christmas spirit and I don't really like not that she didn't like Christmas but she just wasn't feeling festive and I was just like I'm going Christmas tree hunting and she was like what I was like I guarantee you that will get you in the spirit of Christmas and so I just invited her along I I don't I'd never met her before and I was just like yeah come with me and we'll go looking at the Christmas trees around London I promise you that will get you feeling festive (laughs) And she went with me and she was like, oh my gosh, these people don't even realise you can do things that are free, yes, that yeah. you can explore. So that was just a mini little adventure that I yeah. do I do yearly by myself. Do you do that every year? Yeah, I I tried, like this three. last year was difficult because yes. I, like, I only got to see two trees. I usually try and see like a minimum of five, um, but because of the tiers changing and then now I went to see, what tree? I saw the Trafalgar Square. Oh yes. yes. No, not Trafalgar Square, um, Covent Garden. Garden. Yes. And which I see every year anyway because okay. it's, it's it doesn't change much. Um and then I went to see the tree at Wembley um stadium. Oh gosh. Yeah, so I, I walked I've been to that to I that. walked from Harrow to Wembley, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was wasn't... like determined. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna see another tree. Well done. So I got to see two last year. But usually yeah, I try and make a trip for myself to go see the trees of London, because okay. London really A Christmas tree pilgrimage. <laughs> yeah, I call it Christmas tree hunting, because okay, okay. a lot of times I don't know what they're going to look like because they change every year. They do, so yes. the ones in Trafalgar Square and Covent Garden, they stay the same. But in other areas, they can... You just don't know what design that's going to be before you. So uh, or who sponsored it that year. And yeah, yeah. So I like to see and be and just be wowed and be like, oh, my gosh, look at this tree. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that was one where we went around looking at Christmas trees and I did get her in the festive spirit. And so I was really happy. I was like, see, I knew this would get you into the festive spirit. <laughs> um, so every year I do a roundup of where I've been because it's a nice place where I can do my photo dump of yeah. where I've been. Yeah. But I didn't realize that people could read it and then come away with it and ask you questions. So from one of them, because I'd gone to South America for four months traveling solo. Yeah. A girl reached out to me, I see that you did this trip, I'd love to do something like this. I knew she was Nigerian purely from her name. She had a Nigerian name, so okay. I could guess okay. that she was. So I don't necessarily know her full background, but I could guess from her name, she must have Nigerian heritage. And she was just like, you know, my parents are apprehensive about me going by myself. And she just had all the same things that, that I knew she would be experiencing because I am of the same heritage as her and and had the same things like why must you go by yourself can't you find a friend like all the things that like mothers worry about family worry about I think it helped that because I knew how a Nigerian mother would be like I said to her your mother is going to worry it doesn't matter how much you do your research and present you're going to do this you're going to do that she's going to worry so just accept that (laughs) Um, and then I was just able to give her pointers so one of the things when I was researching going around Peru was, well, going around South America, is these bus um, companies called Ecuador Hop and Peru Hop and Bolivia Hop, where they take you around on a, on a bus with other p- people traveling around the country. And it's actually quite safe. Yeah. And it looked amazing. I decided not to do it because... I, I was like, I want to speak Spanish. I don't want to hand, be hanging out with people who are just going to speak English Yeah, with me. and
0: you'll be limited as to. Exactly.
1: Um, and it, it just wasn't, I knew it wasn't ideal for me. But I was like, if you're going for two weeks or for a shorter time, this might work for you. So you just need to analyze. So, what are you going for? What are you going to do? And really give her advice. And that was really lovely to me. Someone got that from me just writing about my yearly travels. Okay. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. reached out to me and just wanted advice. And <laughs> yeah, those kind of, I think those are the moments that I. Like I like more yes, yeah, than yeah. anything else. Yeah. It's not
0: I because I follow um an Instagram. There's three women. It's very much about black women in the outdoors, in nature, to encourage Oh other what's black the name women. of the group? I've forgotten. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's called Black Women in Nature or something like oh, okay, that. okay, yes, I know that one, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. very it's very much um aimed at trying to encourage more black women to, yeah, get to experience out, yeah. get out get outdoors, basically. Yeah. yeah. And enjoy the outside. Yeah. I Co- I don't know whether whether in this country that's also a problem. Oh, it's it They're an American group? Yes, rather. it's an American group, okay. so it's not, an, not a British group. And whether, not a problem, that's the wrong word, but whether it's, it's just it's something that black women don't, uh, it, it isn't for them, or it's something that they never actually considered doing. Yeah, or I actually gave a talk about
1: this, because um, it's very, it's just multi-layered, so there's not, there's not one reason why, why you're not seeing... Yeah, there's not one reason why people might not be engaging with the outdoors. I mean, there is reasons, like, that people don't feel welcomed or they are concerned about being in an environment that's not where they're seen. Yeah. But there's also things like lack of access, like, which can affect any race. Like, you know, um, there's a statistic where, like, actually about 90%, 92% of Black and Asian um, population live in urban areas. I mean that's ridiculously high. like 90% live in urban areas so somewhere like the Peak District is not easy to get to I mean I've organized a a trip to the Peak District with my church group we had to organize a coach for 50 of us and it's not an easy thing it really requires a lot of planning so if you don't have a car (laughs) that's automatically going to be an issue if you don't have free time people just assume that people have free time like something I've always thought about is like I didn't grow up doing the things I do now right so it is new to me yeah um and that folds into two things it's new to me where other people have done this all their lives because it was part of their family growing up yes but if it's not it could be not part of your family going for multiple reasons as I have said my parents came over to work yeah they came over for a different reason and that was their full focus yeah and so I mean, they have free time now, but it's you have to realise where people are growing up from and coming their backgrounds that they're coming from that actually it wasn't in their psyche to take me and my brother to places where they were going to be hiking and climbing yeah. and doing. they didn't do that themselves. Yeah. And those, this wasn't where they grew up. Yeah. So yeah. I think people forget that feeds into it. And also, it, even though it's not my experience, other people may be like, their parents are working. So the concept of free time or... Um, disposable income is not afforded. And that's not, a, that actually, that's not race-based, but that plays a part into whether people get ex- that exposure to these yep, places. Yep, so yep, sure. that's why I say it's multi-layered, like it's not one thing, but yep. also even, for example, someone's asked me to come and give a talk and they were using terminology that I was like, I don't know what any of this means. Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna be on Like you're making an assumption because I've been outdoors, I know what this, this means. And that actually, I'm confident even in the language you use, you're not being yeah. inclusive yeah, in that yeah, sense. And yeah. I don't mean inclusive in terms of from a diverse, but I mean, they were talking about outdoor terminology. I was like, I don't know what that is. But because it was an outdoor affair, they okay, just... Okay, yeah, I'll just, just like, assume. Yeah, I would know. So it's an
0: assumption, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That, that you would know.
1: Um, so it's those kind of things that you can make people feel like not welcomed yeah, or not yeah. part of this world. Yes, um, well or on the wrong stage. Yeah, <laughs> or just even... Um, things from just like staring really like Mm. you know not everyone's comfortable with constantly being stared at so yeah yeah. because your presence is not thought to be then be there yeah um so yeah it's just various things that it's so multi-layered so it's I I always say it's just not one thing that is stopping people from being outdoors
0: But but it hasn't stopped
1: you it hasn't stopped me but I always say that the black experience is not a monolith. So it hasn't stopped me, but I understand why it will stop others. Okay. Yeah. And, and also my experience is different that I'm used to being the only black person. Yeah. Not everybody is used to that,
2: yeah. you know? Because
1: yeah. if you've grown up in London where your school was, you had loads of black friends, it's going to now be weird where you go to a place where it doesn't oh, have many black sticky. people. And yeah, that can, might not be something you're used to. Whereas, um go into an environment where you feel comfortable and I'm just like well I've always been the only one so I'm not letting that affect my thinking as to oh I'm not going to go here or do this or do that because that's not what I see many of us doing but I'm a strong believer in representation matters and it annoys me sometimes I have to give an example that is removed from race for people to understand what I'm getting at like there's a reason we have developed STEM programs for girls. There's not enough girls going into science, technology, engineering, ma- you know, uh, maths. Yes. But I was like, if it didn't matter about representation, why would we bother with it? Mm-hmm. So not seeing yourself is really important. That's why we do STEM, so that girls see that there are girls can go into this. Girls do these subjects. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same with, with race. Like, p- if you don't see people who look like you, then it, you don't know how that affects people yeah when you're younger and as you grow up because yes. it's, it's what you see around you like yeah people ask like oh why did you choose pharmacy because it's not a normal it's not an everyday subject that I do my uncle who grew up with me yeah was a pharmacist and so it was normal, yeah so it was, so I, it was natural, a reference yeah. and it's reference so that's yeah. what I mean by the re- like when you see you do things of um of what you see of what was represented around you so that's why it's important to have a Diversity in all its forms, yeah. so that people see themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you know, and and I, I know, it does sadden me that people, oh, you're banging on about that. I'm like, literally, <laughs> it's just a normal thing. It's even when you tell your kids, no, you can be whatever like, but they have to see that, like, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's important in that sense.
0: Yes. I was going to say. What was I going to say? <laughs> I was going to say I've done I've one last. I've asked you. A lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> but is there anything that you wanted me to ask you that I haven't asked you? I was yeah,
1: people always ask me that, and I'm like always like, no, I could talk about anything really. <laughs> um, but yeah, no.
0: So you're on Instagram and Facebook Look, and, and Twitter, Twitter
1: and my blog, and your blog which is called The 5 to 9 Traveller the I don't even think I've mentioned Traveller. it yeah. And
0: I think The 5 to 9 Traveller as a name yeah. is fantastic So yeah. that, is, that is great, I mean we've touched on your blog and what you've been writing yeah. We touched on at the very start that mm-hmm. The 5 to 9 is actually the opposite of your 9 yeah. to 5 yep, to Indeed,
1: if I didn't have a 9 to 5 <laughs> I wouldn't be doing any of The 5 to, to nine. Where did
0: The 5 to 9 name come from?
1: So I remember reading... As a final yeah, wrapping up. I <laughs> remember reading an article by the BBC um, that was talking about Nigeria's five to nine hustle culture. And it was, like, it, was, it was weird that it was Nigeria. Like a lot of people will have their main job and then have a side hustle yes. that they're doing. And, and I was just like, oh, that's so, that's so cool. I was like, so what's my side hustle? And I just remember thinking, yeah, adventure is my side hustle. It's like one of my tag phrases, like adventure is my side hustle. And I was just like, so that's my five to nine. And I just thought that's the name fantastic that's the, and it just and i think because i wanted it to be like the five to nine traveler because life is more than your nine to five because you yeah. can get all consumed with. i knew i could get all consumed with work and yes. like i'm you know i am ambitious and work is important and i know i'm privileged to say that it's not everything because for others it is everything because it funds so many things it yes. changes people's lifestyles yes. um but yeah it's just to make sure that it's not how i define myself yeah that my work is and i know f- through many lessons you know when people ask oh what do you do like that's such a common first question yeah,
2: what do you do but what do
1: you do but actually i'm proud of being a pharmacist but that's not all i am yeah, yeah. and i needed to detach my self-worth from my work okay so that it's not defined by that yeah. alone and that's kind of why like because life is more than your nine-to-five eight hours of the day that you're doing this job it's not everything of life
0: Yes. no yeah. i think that's great it's a fantastic answer as well <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I love it and also it's very memorable as yes. a, as a, as a title that. as well yeah. so you, you, you got yeah. it. so, so. so where's the five to nine traveler where is that heading as a concept
1: a concept, it's true, isn't it? I'm hoping to revamp the blog. Yes. Um I'd like to do more talks really. I also forget that my audience are working professionals. I think another strand to it is that your life stops or slows down when you have a job, that mm-hmm. you can't go on these adventures, you can't do these things yep. because you have a job. Yes. And that's not true. You can it's it's, just, it's harder you have to carve out We just have to part. carve out the time yeah. and, and set aside time Yes. Yeah. so yeah i think talking more about just my experiences in general to others yes. to do more talks um and as well as just sharing my experiences of how i get about yeah. really and exploring the world and just people to see that the world is a place to learn from Definitely, like it's yeah. just you meet good and bad, but there's so much out there that's good to learn from and to develop yourself as a person that you can only learn from the world. I don't even want it to be a case of like, oh, you have to be, you have to have traveled far and wide because not everyone has that opportunity, but just to learn from where your own doorstep. Yeah. So that's why local, very much believe in exploring your own doorstep, Definitely, you know, because yeah. you can learn from that as well. Yeah. It, yeah, just traveling for me is just one big school trip, as I always used to say, because <laughs> you just learn <laughs> from it. Great. Yeah. Well, Tyra, thank you
0: so much for being a podcast guest. It's been so lovely. <laughs> thank you for inviting talking me. To. We've yeah. walked along the Grand Union Canal yeah. and back, and people have trying to mow us down with their bicycles, <laughs> and people are drinking beer on their barges, mm. and, and um, it's been really nice, even though the sun hasn't come out
1: for At us, all, I know. No. It's been so cloudy and overcast. But um, I hope... You've enjoyed it too? I have, yeah. I like talking about travel. I can talk for days <laughs> about it. Or so the5to9traveller.com Yes. Yeah. where the
0: podcast you, listeners can
1: find... Yeah, you can read about my blog, blog and my stories. And, and the sh- Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? Facebook, it, Facebook is the5to9traveller, um, Twitter at 5to9traveller, and Instagram, the5to9traveller. Fantastic. Yeah, well, so I'll put all that
0: in the show notes okay, as well no so problem. people can find you easily. Yeah. <laughs> but... um Yes, for now, I think we better go and rescue yeah, your car, car from indeed, Sainsbury's car park. But for all those podcast listeners out there, thanks so much for listening. I hope you've been inspired. I certainly have. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll have another podcast guest next week. But for now, take care. Oh, yes, please, before I say my final thing, please share with your friends if you've enjoyed the podcast. I please give us a rating and a review. And please subscribe. But for now, take care. And thanks for listening.